Hey, before the show starts, make sure you grab a last stop hoodie, only available till May 20th in maroon and green. Now enjoy the show. Biggest fear is the Uber East man getting here and we're recording something good and I have to go wait and just hear banging into my footsteps. Going down the stairs, telling the guy thank you. <laughs> All right, well, we are recording now, so. Wow, now I got to do it. <laughs> I felt like pulling my hair out. Shout out to Zoom for holding it down. This is the first time I've ever used Zoom, if that helps, if that counts for anything. No. Wow, so you use Zoom as much as I did today after you said, yeah, we use Zoom. (laughs) Yeah, and now we're recording. Hey, we made it happen because I didn't even use it. And I said, should we use Zoom? (laughs) (laughs) Well, since everybody's doing it during quarantine, I guess we have to make it count now. Are they? Yeah, they're definitely billionaires by now, right? Because of all the schools using it. The the stocks have jumped up 400% since, well, maybe more by now. Bro, if we ever get mad at the fight companion for thinking it's going to be talking about fighting when they go off on a tangent, we can't because of what we're doing. <laughs> well, <laughs> we haven't even introed the show. If you don't know, know, this is the last time podcast. Give um, it to us, Manny. <laughs> I'm joined here by my, my best friends, Victor and Steve. Oh, how you doing? Oh Good man. The only people that I know. Guests. Yeah. Yeah. Illustrious guests. The only people that I know would uh, actually watch these fights in full and know what they're talking about oh yeah that's somewhat an idea you will <laughs> i guarantee you somebody that listens to this, this podcast and at the end of it go these dudes have absolutely no fucking idea what they're talking about exactly. he lied exactly. exactly exactly so i'm gonna say uh someone you know maybe i know something <laughs> you know i ain't gonna say <laughs> what i say is written in stone guys <laughs> listen man all I know is that we finally got live sports back after months and months. And I believe in 48 hours, we have it again. And then again on Saturday. Oh, yeah, on Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah. But gonna... was it the U- – I believe the UFC was the last live sports to happen when they were in Brazil. And uh, now they're yeah. the first one to start. Because now Where everybody else is uh, discussing about coming back and how this is the safest way to do it. The UFC had that empty arena show where Kevin Lee got choked out. Yep. Yep, by Charles Oliveira. I mean, he was like, I ain't tap. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? That couldn't be me. Yeah, well, he, he tried fair. to say it, it looked like a tap, but it really wasn't. To be, be fair. Me, I was fighting a choke. <laughs> to be fair, he was actually getting the blood strangled out of him by Charles Oliveira as it was happening. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so he was yeah, probably sure. a little out of it as soon as he let go. Because the only reason you tap like that is you go, oh, fuck, it's over. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to pull the chael son in where he was like, what are you talking about? I didn't tap. No, just give me my title, bro. I won. I beat Anderson Silva. Nothing will ever beat the last Joe Rogan interview of when he start, stopped interviewing people that got knocked out was over. Oh, uh, Alistair Overseer. <laughs> I clearly felt the tap. Let's watch it. Let's watch it. You know it's scary to think that happened and then Francis Ngannou knocked him out like oh, that. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I clearly felt the tap as, as, as Ngannou knocks him out. <laughs> now, was it weird to see that everyone who was in the building – was clean, right? They all didn't test positive for COVID, but they still stood six feet apart from each other. 
I think once they test, they still did, right? Yeah, everybody got tested like every other day or something like that. The only person that tested positive was uh, Jacare. Jacare and, and two of his cornermen tested Bro, positive. So I saw Jacare test po- positive, and I'm a fan of Jacare. I said, "Fuck, bro, please don't be on PEDs." Oh, <laughs> oh man. And then I and then I saw it. I said, "Oh, that's terrible," but still, thank God it wasn't cheating. Kinda. Now. Now, Joe, what do you, what did you guys think? What do you guys think of the empty arena UFC fights? It made it brutal. It made me watching fucking Tony Ferguson get beat up much worse. <laughs> there was no cheers. There was no booze. It was just it's, fists on face noises. It's not like the first time because I mean they've been doing this since the Ultimate Fighter. It's just the first time where you have big uh, like big name fighters basically fighting in an empty. It's not like you're watching. The Ultimate Fighter, which is dudes from different promotions, just trying to get a shot into the UFC. You're watching established stars, yeah, top of the game guys, and and it's actually brutal. Because usually when you go to like the amateur shows, you're gonna watch some guy run over someone and just some grapple fest. But I mean, it was it was dope because the the punch you could hear every punch and you could tell like the impact. I liked hearing the coaches. Eh, yeah, kind of. I just don't hear that. The the first fight where the guy was responding to his coach was kind of hilarious. The Sam Alvey fight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes, coach. Yes, coach. <laughs> I hear you, coach. If if I'm the dude standing across from you and I keep hearing you responding to your, I want to hit you more. Don't did you know? Did you hear what um, what uh? God damn! How did I forget? It? Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy oh. said that he was taking the pointers from DC. And he was using them, and that's what made him win. Yeah, he said that he heard DC say he needs to check the leg kicks, and then tried to find a way to check leg kicks <laughs> during the fight. Do you think they're gonna figure out a way on the next card to like minimize that, or maybe move the commentators? There's, there's no really way of doing it because the commentators have to sit cage side so they can actually commentate on the fight. You can't sit. I think he threw a punch that landed uh, and looked close from this angle. I can't really tell. They were, the commentators weren't even – I thought it was stupid when they had the commentators stand together for the start of the pay-per-view where you see all three of them talking, and then they're all on three separate tables later on. It's like, what the fuck was the point of that then? They were literally just standing next to each other. And then at the end of the show, they're all sitting together again to recap it. It's stupid. <laughs> I just assume – I just assumed that everyone there got tested and they were all fucking negative, of course. And so they, they all, like, yeah. And they all, they also had masks and gloves besides Megan O'Leary and the, the commentating team. But Not you even, can even see, but you can see how Jacare got tested positive and they said, get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Bruce Buffer say, wasn't even touching hands. The people would yeah, fist bump and he would elbow them. No lie, for for what they the cards they've been dealt, they handled it pretty fucking well, to be honest. And the the card was really really good. <laughs> they, yeah, they were facing a lot of scrutiny because of the fact that they were doing the sports, and other promotions are saying that this is bullshit that they shouldn't be doing it. Other promotions are probably just thinking, "Fuck, bro, if we had this type of money and we were this big yeah. of a company, we definitely would have done this shit." I feel like the UFC and the WWE are like the 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 test dummies for like sports and in quarantine and stuff like that because now you're gonna see the MLB and the NBA start announcing when they're coming back or whatever so I'm guessing this plus the reaction of like everybody talking about it because there's nothing else on this is gonna change how all of that happens 
I'm sure ESPN got probably more viewership because they actually showed the uh, the pre card right. on ESPN instead do of ESPN you, Plus. Do you think it'd be a worse being like football? What what sports do you think would do it first? Would start doing um, it first? Baseball. Baseball so because think, everybody's far apart anyway. Okay, but think think about baseball though, right? Baseball. Think about the how much bigger the teams are than a fucking fighter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The number of fucking players would be a lot more, right? How much? How much people on a baseball team? I don't watch. That's twenty-five. That's a that's fifty people instead of what twelve people with their coaches, including well, the fighters. Still, uh, twenty-five plus the coaches plus the trainers. Yeah, I the don't bat know. boy. But I yeah. feel like maybe the way to bring baseball back is if you just bring the essential players, like you bring all the starters, all the relievers, all the the all the starting position guys, and then maybe one or two backups. That way you have a way to to minimize the amount of people. But even then, I don't even know. Like, yeah, then teams if, are going to be like, oh, that's not fair. Like, what if, let's say, they go over, like, 100 people, like, even the like the people that are there, like the cameramen, all that shit. And what if the state were over there and was like, yeah, hold my dick, we can't do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's why they're, they're looking for states that will take some money, like Arizona. Arizona is like, yo, bring everybody. We don't care. Like, oh, they like, cause... imagine they get real wild. They say, all right, look, we want the 10 best players from each team. <laughs> and we're just going to run it like schoolyard style. Like, no, but then that's, that's going to lead for people. People are going to complain either way, but I feel like that's going to lead. The internet's going to be like, oh, that's not real baseball. These games don't count, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shut you know? up. Yeah. Shut up. Appreciate it. Well, it's the pandemic. It's the pandemic. <laughs> That's the thing that people don't understand. But they played uh, – I think the Orioles played in an empty stadium game during the season one time. I don't know why they had to do it, but there was – the Orioles played in an empty stadium. I think it was, if it wasn't this season, it was the season before. Yeah, I remember what you talked. Something happened. I think Chris Davis hit a home run, and that was back when Chris Davis could actually hit. Yeah. that I feel like there was like a threat or something. Something happened where yeah. they couldn't let any crowds in. And then they played in an empty stadium. And it was kind of yeah. cool, to be honest, because it was just a big-ass stadium and, like – all you heard was the crack of the bat and like the, how hard the pitcher was actually throwing. The only problem with that is that like super casual people think that baseball is boring. And especially with no sound, it's probably like people are just going to sit there like, this is, this is super boring. I mean, it's better than nothing. That's, that's the only thing that you can say. I hate wrestling right now. To me, I think wrestling is super boring and like dumb. Like it's even like, when when someone tells you wrestling's fake, you could be like, "Oh no, I just watch it for the entertainment." But without the crowd and everything, it's super boring. Who was that wrestler that did like the you know when the guy's in the ring and he sees a bunch of the guys outside the ring and he goes to dive out and he completely ate shit in the empty arena? Oh, Who that was, was that Montez guy? Ford. Dude, that's sad. <laughs> that would have been that hot in a fucking crowded arena, people cheering. But since it was empty, you heard that. What? <laughs> I mean, the crowds add to everything. Like a crowd, a home run being hit in a tied game or then at the bottom of the knife, the, that crowd energy, playoff energy, like stuff like that, that's everything. That adds to the feeling of the sports. Like, especially imagine watching that Tony Ferguson fight and you heard yeah. the crowd react with every punch or like seeing that he was hurt or yeah. like after, like that stuff adds to the fun of watching the sport because it makes your heart jump. And just you feel the energy from the crowd even off the TV. I mean, 
Well, we're going to get into that, but the the crowd definitely adds a big factor when it comes into all of these sporting events, no matter what the sport, besides like tennis and golf, like besides those two, you need a crowd and everything basically because we're, we're accustomed to it at this point. It's just, yeah. It just adds, imagine like hearing play like a, a playoff game uh, and basketball where you hear the announcer make that, that the great call is just a bang or something like that. And you hear no crowd. It's kind of boring because yeah. <laughs> the announcer got excited and it was just nobody else. You hear nothing else, but bang, it does, it's, nobody cares. It's basically a park game in 2k. It's not, it's not fun. The only people that are going to get excited are the, are the players on the court. And I mean, yeah, it's cool because it's still sports and it's still going to be fun. And maybe you get to hear Melo yell out shit more. And, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, crowds, crowds are everything. They, they add to the intensity and it's what makes it fun. Uh, would I, would I rather have sports without the crowd than not have anything? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. let's get into this card because it was super stacked from I wouldn't say the whole prelim, but mo- like that last three fights in the prelims, those were, that's where it started getting jacked. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I don't want to do the whole prelim because. You can just do the main card, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like but I do want to oh, talk no. about that Pettis fight. Pettis versus oh, Cerrone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, How you Anthony Pettis, that? Donald How Cerrone, you <laughs> Victor, your favorite fighter. I just Puerto like Rican, exactly. The greatest. Him, him and Jimmy Rivera, best fighters in the UFC. <laughs> now, what did you, what did you expect going into this fight, and were you surprised that Pettis got that, uh, that decision for the win? Um, I expected Anthony Pettis to be the fresher of the two because Donald Cerrone just came off of three straight losses and three straight TKOs. When he got knocked out by Gaethje, Connor, and I forgot who knocked him out right before that. I think it was Tony. Yeah, Tony. It was Tony, Gaethje, and then Connor. Yeah, Tony's doctor stopped him. Just shut up. And then, so he was just getting his ass beat in those fights. Anthony Pettis, his last fight was a submission loss. I mean, it was. Actually, he, he can still compete, but it's not. Um, it's he's not at the top of his game anymore. So I expected Anthony to win. I will say that I was surprised that. Uh, Cowboy ate a lot of shots that would have probably put him away where I thought would have put him away at least. Now, I don't know about you guys, but Cowboy, he's getting up there. He's one of yeah. the – he has, I think, the most fights in the UFC. He has to. I th- Well, not only that, but the people who he's up there with, they're kind of retiring and shit. Yeah. And but for, for you to lose your last four fight or last three fights before this one by by knockout or stoppage, that's pretty intense on your body. Your brain is going to sit there like, yo, fam, one more and we're out of here. I mean, if he's not doing this, he's fucking cliff jumping, hunting, or doing some other crazy shit. Uh, so as, as long as it's not even like he's – I will say, uh, yeah, he lost to, like, the top guys. But he can still compete with probably some like people on the lower card. If Matt Brown's still fighting, fucking Diego Sanchez is still fighting. Cowboy Diego definitely Sanchez. still has a chance. Now, yeah. To be fair, they have put Cowboy versus like some high class competition. These aren't some you know run of the mill guys he's facing. You just named three champions. I mean, 
but he deserved it too because I mean coming back into the lightweight division, he beat Alexander Hernandez, and then he faced Al Aquina, who was you know on the come up sort of himself, and was still fighting top guys, and then he made Al Aquina kind of look foolish because he just kept his distance. Uh, and then he got that Tony fight. Everybody was interested in seeing that Tony fight. I was interested in seeing that Tony fight. Tony just made him look human. <laughs> and then Justin Gaethje just started to go out and run on his own. So, I mean, it, it could people probably just – it could have been like they thought, you know, Tony was a fluke. And not even a fluke, but, you know, he just lost that fight. He could still compete with the top guys. And he ended up running into Justin Gaethje. I knew Justin Gaethje would finish him just because I know, you know, Cowboy can't take a shot like that uh, anymore especially since Cowboy is a slow fighter. And as long as you stay in Cowboy's range, you, I mean, he, if he can't keep the fight in kicking range, he's going to get finished. Right. And especially with, with uh, knockouts, the more knockouts you get, the, the weaker your chin gets, basically. And, and he's, he's been finished a lot in his career, to be honest. Exactly. So that, that didn't help with those three fights. But this one, he didn't look bad. If the... Probably if he would have gotten knocked out again, it probably would have been over for him. But because it went to a decision and it was so close, he's probably going to stick around for a couple more fights. He's on a fourth fight losing streak. I will say he did eat some big shots. Anthony Pettis ate a head kick, like clean, and still and still was in the fight. Um, <laughs> Anthony Pettis is looking quite – he's looking like a big boy welterweight, but it's holding up because he did get cracked by that kick. That was, yeah, yeah, that was a clean-ass kick. <laughs> I know um, exactly – I said, ah, man. But All right. Donald Cerrone also ate some big shots. I don't know. I think Donald's probably just going to take fights that he sees that are going to be fun for him. But they definitely shouldn't give him somebody towards the top of either division. Because that fight was at 170. And he has been fighting at 155 as well. He definitely shouldn't fight somebody in the top 10. He should probably be fighting, like, the middle guys. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's still competitive. You can't, you can't take that away from him. If he was getting stopped, like, every, you know, two seconds, like BJ Penn was – then you just have to. Dana just has to step in and be like, "Hey, listen, it's 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 time for you to hang it up." Yeah. Now, where honest, does Pettis go from Cowboy, here? Um, Pettis. Um, Pettis RDA tweeted uh, for part two, and they can both they, they both fight at one seventy. Pettis said that's a fight that he always wanted back because he feel like that's he wasn't so able to show what he was Pettis fully capable of because of the weight cut. Apparently, that, um, oh, RDA's last fight was Usman, right? Or uh, Leon no. Edwards, Leon Edwards. Yeah, Leon Edwards. and Leon Edwards right. cucked him. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. RDA kind of has been running into guys that are a lot bigger than him that just out-wrestled the fuck out of him lately. Yeah, I mean, he's oh. he's too he's too big for 155, and he's too small for 170. Uh, no, actually, I think – didn't RDA fight Michael Chiesa as well? Yeah, that was his last one, and Chiesa beat him. Chiesa, yeah. uh, Chiesa really filled out at 172. Yeah, he did. He's he's gonna he's gonna be good for that weight class. Uh, but I think this is a perfect fight for him because they're probably gonna both fit naturally. They, I think Anthony Pettis might be a little small for that division as well, but he does look a lot bigger. He looks a lot stockier. Uh, I think it'll be a good fight to see, especially since Anthony Pettis gonna is probably gonna be really hungry for the fight. But look what um, look what happened with Nate and um, Nate and Pettis. I think the same thing's gonna happen. I think RDA is just gonna walk. Walk him down, but he's not going to finish Pettis. He's not uh, going to finish. Yeah, Pettis. I mean Pettis. The first time they fought, RDA just kept walking him forward. He used an aggressive wrestling style, so Anthony couldn't really get you know comfortable. Uh, so now I think that Anthony Pettis, like he might still, it, it might still be the same results, but Anthony Pettis is going to come to this fight hungry because RDA was the person that that started it all. I started his his entire downfall. He went from a Wheaties box guy to now somebody who's on the undercard for Greg Hardy. Yeah, right. 
That that's the biggest fall off where they were trying to make uh Pettis the brand and then he just ended up becoming, you know, a couple big losses and here he is facing Cowboy and Yeah, but even the undercard. if you, yeah. let's say Pettis runs out and knocks RDA out in ten seconds, right? Where does mm-hmm. that because RDA isn't looking so good at 170 either? You know they're, I mean? they're literally using him as a gatekeeper at that point. You give him somebody that's like on the come up, uh, heading towards the top 10, and you give basically Anthony, Anthony Pettis that gatekeeper role at 170 if he's gonna keep fighting up there because he did take his last fight before this one was a 155 fight. So, I mean, he could fight at either division. Like, uh, honestly, this is that fucking weight class problem. You got these guys that are small for the two big guys, and it's just they get out wrestled at some point. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, like how they have, that weird how they go from fifty five to seventy, then to one eighty five, then to two oh five. That's crazy. A lot of people numbers. are calling for that one sixty five division. That one sixty five division could probably be stacked. Like Pettis will probably go there. Kevin Lee, RDA, uh, and then but. They just don't want too many belts. I don't think adding a 165 division would be, you know, too bad because just a weight jump is – it's too big. People who yeah, 15 are pounds. Fi- people who are fighting at 155 jumping to 170, you're going to probably be too small for that division because the people who are fighting at 170 are probably should be fighting at middleweight or light heavyweight. Yep. And and Pettis looks a little – he's a little chunky up there. Yeah, he's, hey, he, got, hey. he got a lot bigger. Yeah, you got to sacrifice that speed for power, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it worked. I mean, that that extra weight probably helped him not get KO'd by that kick straight to the straight to the face while he's moving forward. Dude, you know what's crazy, Victor and Manny? You know it's crazy. Watching um, you see Vicente Luque and Nico Price. Yeah, that was probably one of the you best fights. You see how clean Vicente Luque? Hey, yeah. Like, he looked- he looked like he was – he's a good He's a good striker, right? He got tagged yeah. a lot. I will say that. But he does look like he's he He's like strike. a solid – He's there's potential, right? He's he's not that old. He's not that old, that guy. Um, I, Yeah. I mean, he, he lost his last fight to a top guy, which is – I think his last fight before that was Stephen Thompson. Yeah. It's um, just, it's, isn't it crazy how Wonderboy just makes people like him look like fools? Like even Jorge Masvidal. And then, and then Pettis really just says, yo, let me pull this out of my ass. Out of nowhere. Out of <laughs> absolute nowhere. Why? Yo, I, I like Pettis for the simple fact that sometimes it's, it doesn't happen some, very often, but sometimes he just pulls out some real clutch-ass move. It's really funny. And Pettis called for that fight. And I guarantee the reason he did was because he knew the one thing that Stephen Thompson was – he wasn't going to wrestle. And that's why Pettis wanted the fight. Yeah. It was because he knew it could be a striking match. Wonder Boy, where he fucked up, like I saw where he fucked up immediately. Where he, I think he like lifted his knee so he couldn't. Uh, he just kicking someone against the fence like that, front kick like that is a spe- like especially someone that could Superman punch like that. <laughs> it was just not. Yeah, it was one mistake in a masterclass for because Anthony Pettis was not in that fight. It was it was a masterclass performance by Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson is still at the top of that division. But before that moment, yeah, Wonder Boy is literally. It's honestly amazing. Some of the striking shit he does. I was watching. Um, I was watching him versus. Um, I was watching him versus Johnny Hendricks today. That was sad. That yeah, was sad. Johnny Hendricks should have left a long time ago. He, yeah, he just. Yeah, he was just terrible. He, I'm he, like he barely cut weight like towards the way. end. He just looked like a substitute <laughs> teacher out there. 
The 170 division stacked, man. They have a lot of good fighters there. I mean, you could go a lot of different ways. Ponzinibbio hasn't fought in a while. You still have Leon Edwards in the background, Tyron Woodley in the background, Jorge Masvidal, Stephen um, Thompson. You know what I saw the other day? I saw Woodley and Izzy going at it. I said, "What?" Yeah, is that happening? was that was hilarious. To be honest, what is happening? Is that everyone was... just bored? Is everyone bored on quarantine? I, I don't know why everyone is targeting Izzy for publicity. Like, to me, because he's the new kid. It doesn't on the make block. that much sense. He's the new kid on the block, and everyone wants a piece of this little fucking. It's he's, a money he's fight. A it's a money fight. People want to They're see Izzy stupid. fight. He's interesting. He's interesting. His fighting style is interesting. It's, even though his last fight wasn't really good, but man, I mean, nah, we were on our feet the whole time. We were drinking, though. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. It was yeah, great. It was, <laughs> it was a real bar. That it was, was like a really bad fight. But I mean, Tyron Woodley probably knows that he. I mean, Tyron Woodley's probably looking at Adesanya like, "Well, I fought Stephen Thompson, so I can definitely strike with Adesanya." I don't know about all that. <laughs> Because he, he, he does the same type of style. His style against Stephen Thompson was just, if I keep my back the, to the cage, the I can explode. This shit, though, in the paint when it's flying, though, Izzy's not afraid to stand in front of you either. You know that. Yep. Wonderboy will slip out of there, though. That's a big difference. Tyron Woodley would miss that overhand, and he'd still be there and get cracked by Izzy. But I, I feel like that, um, uh, God, the Kevin Gaslam fight, that's what made Izzy go, you know what? I can't keep going to wars like that. And then that, that just proved in uh, I mean, that Yoel fight that he, he doesn't want to get hit like that anymore. But that's the no, thing. I Even before that, he was never really getting hit like that. Cal- Yoel Romero swinging at you. That's yeah. a big – no one hits like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Not Calvin, everyone hits like that. Kelvin Gastelum was the only person to hit Adesanya really cleanly. Like mm-hmm. the, the, his fight against Vittori coming up was probably like his toughest test. But other than that, like he was running through guys. He ran through Brad Tavares. He ran through Derek Brunson. Like, nobody was really touching him cleanly. Kelvin Gastelum caught him early on in the first round, uh, and then he kind of was just keeping him at a distance. That fifth round, he woke up and just, like, just destroyed Gastelum. And then uh, who else tried afterwards? No, um, Darren Till. Anderson Silva and Izzy put on a good show, too. I also feel like – I feel like Adesanya didn't want to – it was more of like a respect thing where Adesanya was probably – Right, you felt that too. I I could end you, but I'm not because I respect you as a legend. Yeah. It's still fun to watch. Anderson looked like he was trying to get at him. He hit him a couple times, didn't really hurt him, but you could notice he was like, oh, I can't really fuck around that much. I can't. um, Tired gym. I mean, they have two champions already, and then you still have – uh, Dan Hooker in the lightweight division surging as well. I don't think Dan Hooker's championship material, but you already have two champions out of your gym regardless. Out of the three you just mentioned, Dan Hooker, I feel like he has the most competition in that division. Uh, You can't even say that because the middleweight division is stacked too. I mean, Darren Till just went up, Kelvin Gaslam. Also, you got to consider too, look at all the monsters from 155 that move up to these other divisions and knock out these big dudes. Look at Masvidal, he's a 155-er, went up to 70, knocked out Darren Till, who's now 185, not even getting knocked out by fucking Kelvin. That was a like, dangerous these, these knockout guys, too. Yeah, bro. His, his head hit the mat and it was, oh, God. Oh. The crowd went I, silent. <laughs> that was, yo – that, I think that, I was at your crib watching that. No, no, no. no. I remember that was my, when my shoulder just got done, and it was too early. 
We watched. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I that was the Wonder Boy me. fight. That was the Wonder Boy fight where I was at your house. Wonder Boy and Till, yes, that was a really good one. That All was right. the one where I kind of put you on a till and was like, "Yo, listen to this." And then yeah, Sweet Caroline, Sweet Caroline, went on. and you were like, "Dude, who was that?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "But yeah." All right, but well, let's then, switch over to the main card. It started uh, with Greg Hardy versus Jorgan de Castro, which is really stupid. You have Anthony Pettis and Donald Cerrone on your undercard for Greg Hardy and Jorgen de Castro. Well, I know why they did it. It was it was a yeah. selling point for the pay per view. They the were like, main, let's yeah. put this really good fight to main event. This we know it's going to be good. Those guys need a win, so they're going to fight it out. They're not going to you know hold back or anything. You could, but, but even then, probably. you still had like the Vicente Luque fight. Vicente Luque, people like who watch the sport know who that is. So you no, could have they, put. They're looking for they're looking for casuals though. That's yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's that that's how they're going to make their money the most. People it's people know thing. Greg Hardy is fighting though. Like, it's not like there's people who watch just because they want to see Greg Hardy lose. So if you put yeah. Greg Hardy on the undercard and like, hey, you can watch Greg Hardy fight on ESPN and he might possibly get knocked out, people would still tune in. By the way, <laughs> let me just explain. Let me let me explain to the people who Greg Hardy is, if they don't know oh, and why Victor no. said people tune in to watch him lose. So Greg Hardy was an all pro um, defensive, defensive lineman. lineman for the Carolina Panthers. And, and he the- was... He the, was he the was Panthers and the Cowboys. Yeah, he, he was with the Cowboys later on. But he was a straight savage on the field. And then one day, a news article breaks out about how <laughs> oh, no. Greg Hardy was a domestic abuser of his wife and then threw her on a bed of automatic weapons. Uh. And he was then cut by the team and then picked up by the Cowboys because <laughs> Jerry Jones loves giving the worst people second chances. And then after... <laughs> After the NFL was like, yeah, we can't have this guy over here. This is too wild. He got cut again, and then he began a career in MMA after, like, you know, taking all that time off. He picked up MMA again. And so far, he's not terrible at MMA. He's just not facing the the right talent, I would say. How, Except old, for his, is How old is Greg Hardy? Probably in his 30s. I'm not yeah, early 30s. It's they're, honestly not that bad. He's they're not hand, garbage. They're handpicking his opponents though. Like one of his first one of his first opponents was a dude who I think hadn't fought in like three years. And they they they, they matched him up against uh Greg Hardy and Greg Hardy knocked him out just it, it made him look better. So he's thirty one, by the way. They're handpicking oh, his opponents. Especially being a heavyweight, he's got some fucking time. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But, uh, and especially you know, he's working at American Top Team with all those fucking goddamn world champions. Are you kidding me? Give him if he stays on the straight and narrow, is still a wild boy like that. I mean, it's a heavyweight division. You don't really need that much. One shot knocks anybody out, basically. Yeah, so. But mean, Greg Hardy, what do you guys think about him so far? Even though we know that he's been playing subpar, he's been fighting subpar. But even even now. then, with that stuff, like. If you think about it, his first fight, I think, was a no contest. He tired out and threw an illegal knee. And people were like, he basically uh, kind of just was looking for an out. He said it was an accident. Then he had another fight where he used an inhaler in his corner. Uh, he had a fight against a dude that hadn't fought in like three years. So it's they're, they're trying to build him up and make him look good. I will say that he did step, uh, step in against uh, Volkan. Yes, and he Volcan. got he got a... I mean, he, he earned some respect, but Volkan basically just kept him at the in kicking range the entire fight. 
and he was able to do that because you know Greg doesn't have experience. But I mean, it's, it's entertaining because he can knock people out. It's not like they, it's not like CM Punk who just steps in there and is gonna get his yeah, ass yeah. beat. But uh, Volkan was also he was in contention for the heavyweight title at one point. Yeah, before getting still, KO'd by he's uh, still top Garrett. ten. Yeah, so that was probably his best opponent so far. Oh yeah, but, and, um, and that was just a short note. That was just a short notice thing that he was willing to step into. But the one thing I do commend by Greg Hardy is that he does. I feel like he's fighting every other month. I mean, he, yeah, he, he fought, fought five times like, in the uh, in the last year. This is sixth time in like thirteen months. Yeah, and then he said uh, yeah. he wants to fight again in two weeks. Jesus Christ! He's just staying active. Wild. Well, I'm not gonna lie. It's giving him ex- at the very least. It doesn't matter. He's, stay- he's getting experience going out there, making that walk, getting prepared and shit. So that's gotta add something. But yeah, um, it, he is trying. If anything, main card. Keep him off the main card as respect out of these former world champions yeah. on the prelim. You have no, but e- ES- ESPN yeah. probably was like, we don't want this guy. No, yeah, probably right. Oh, Jesus! You gotta remember, yeah. it's the it's the Mickey Mouse channel. Oh, true, Jesus. could be. But so, I mean, I'd, I'd unless Greg, I want to see Greg Hardy face somebody tough. Like Todd Duffy hasn't had a fight in a while, especially since his last fight. I don't know. In a, in a personally, no contest. Yeah, personally, just give him Derek Lewis and just let him. Oh, you know. <laughs> if you want to see him, Greg I Hardy, think, die. I think Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, Todd Duffy makes sense, and then if he beats Todd Duffy, then maybe give him Derek Lewis. Well, they said this, I, but, um, Derek Lewis really wants to do it because Derek Lewis grew up in an abusive household where his mom got beat, so oh, that's why man. he wants to do it. There's a little personal, like they go back and forth at this, and yeah. Greg well, Hardy, de- Greg Hardy deflects it pretty well. It's pretty funny. Well, and Greg, um, Greg Hardy brought up like Derek Lewis being in prison and shit. I was like, damn, these two are really gonna just throw down one day, and I can't wait. Well, Dana White said he's probably going to give him one more unranked person and then put him into a top 15 fight. Todd Duffy. So, we'll see. But then we had... Yeah, he had a a fight not that long ago. Ended in a no contest because of an eye poke. I'm not going to lie, Todd Duffy looked like he tired out and then got poked (laughs) in the eye. He was just like, yeah, I can't see. can't see. God damn it. Damn. Damn, can't see. Oh, I do remember seeing that fight. Fight has to end. I can't see. I know exactly what you're talking about. So... Uh, I think that's a good fight because Todd Duffy hasn't fought in a while. You can give him that uh, Greg Hardy, and then they're both unranked. Todd Duffy still has a lot to prove because at one point he was a top prospect, dealt with a lot of injuries, and then now he's just, I guess, deciding to come back. So if he doesn't tire out, maybe he can have a good fight with Greg Hardy, or maybe Greg Hardy knocks him out, and then maybe you get to see that Derek, uh, Derek Lewis fight with Greg Hardy after that. What about um, what about Rose Nami, uh, Pat Barry? Remember him? Fuck it, I- have him come out and fight Greg Hardy. Pat Barry had the like his chin is uh, I I don't want to do that to Pat Barry. Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, and Pat Barry. Chicago that was just, wild. just touched him and <laughs> Pat Barry was like, oh, I'm just gonna bury Rose now, but and call it a day. Uh, oh well, no! Speaking of KOs, we had Calvin Cater versus Jeremy Stevens. That was oh, that was a good one. You know he oh, didn't actually was... win a performance bonus for that. He didn't get anything yeah. from that. It was they gave it to Ngannou and they gave fight of the night to Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. Honestly, you gotta give it to Ngannou after that. Yeah, that reminded me that <laughs> but we were getting. Yeah, even honestly, that that was one of the cleanest elbows I've ever seen. And Calvin Cater was throwing some really good Calvin boxing combos. Murdered a man, my friend. Wait, which one of you don't like Jeremy Stevens? I don't. I don't mind Jeremy Stevens. I think Jeremy Stevens is actually like a really him. good fighter. That's I don't think much personally, but yeah. I wish he just. 
If I could put him on mute and watch him fight, that's what I'd like. He's, he fights well. I mean, he was fighting really well in that fight. He, he had Calvin Cater, and he was throwing bombs at him. It was a good competitive fight. He got caught. It was a nice elbow. It was not better than nice. It was I'm a great like, elbow. I feel like Calvin Cater handled it really well, rising the occasion, because that's the hardest he's had to fight so far besides the beat. Um, look he, what he definitely did. He when he fought Stevens. He had to wrestle him the whole fucking time. Calvin Cater he, said, no, no, I'll meet you in the middle, motherfucker. Uh, he, he definitely, he fought very well. And I mean, he ate some big shots and kind of just stared him off to let him know that he was still in this fight and he wasn't backing down. And then the boxing combos that he were landing when he lets his hands free, it's, he's, he's great. Hater. He really hardcore trains with those professional boxers in Boston, wherever he is. He really like, and it's like, it, it really pays off and it's It looks really good. He's he's definitely... That 145 division is getting stacked and it's getting scary. Now, do you think that Cater moves up to, like, top five after this win? I think top ten at least. Yeah, they're going to give him a top ten opponent for sure. I mean, if I I wouldn't even mind. Zabit apparently is is probably going to be, like, next in line for a title shot after this Max Holloway thing. But I wouldn't even mind seeing that fight again because, you know, he had that third round, Zabit was gassed. Calvin Cater could have won that fight. But uh, he asked for a five-round fight. Zabit's manager said no. (laughs) <laughs> and that that's how that played out. So Zabit will probably get the next title shot. Calvin Cater, uh, I don't, I would should probably get a top five, maybe opponent, maybe top ten for sure though. Did you think Zabit was nervous? Because it did at the end of that fight, he did look like he was. If it gone a couple more, maybe a different story. I think Zabit. I think wherever he goes, I think his biggest problem is that gas tank because in earlier fights you could see it. To go farther yeah. than that first round. He had that war with that guy from Boston. I forgot his name. And remember, he was Calvin in his That guy, like, no, 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 no. It was another guy. Another guy from Boston. I oh, swear. I know who you're talking about. He got a, he got cut from the UFC. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was a clean-shaven guy. Um, uh, that he, kept, he just kept coming forward, and that guy kept uh, in, like, the, the third round. And towards the end of that third round, he was taking it over, and Zabit was backing up. And, like, when you say title shots and beat, I think of Volkanovski just being like, that's cute, but I'm going to see you in the fourth and fifth, and I'm going to kick your leg off. So, I mean, Calvin Cater, uh, let's see. You have Korean Zombies definitely probably in line for a title shot. You could have a maybe a, a title eliminator between the beat. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. if if – they want to do a title eliminator. It should be Zabit versus the Korean Zombie, and then maybe Ortega versus Cater if, if that's something they want to do. Uh, Frankie, Josh Frankie, Josh Emma needs an opponent as well, probably. Frankie has officially moved to 135, right? Yeah. Frankie, had, yeah, he's at 135. Yeah. He got knocked out. That's how he Wait. belongs. Oh, no, no, he didn't get knocked out in 135. He was like, yeah, I'll take this Korean Zombie fight. Korean zombie was yeah, I was about to ask, who was the last Korean Zombie fight? And I think it was... Wasn't it Frankie uh, who took it, it was, on short notice? It was, he took it on short notice, <laughs> came through with his, like, afro, and Korean zombie was like, that's nice, and then just <laughs> destroyed that man. Yeah. All right, speaking bad. of getting destroyed, Francis Ngannou versus Rosenschrud. Ladies Rosen and gentlemen, <laughs> by the way, that officially takes the title for the worst call-out and worst execution-like answer. <laughs> of all time. Because of all was, time. Going into this, I was telling Manny that number one was Glover going, hey, Rumble, let's do this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Glover lost a tooth that day, I'm pretty sure. God, if you think about it, honestly, Francis did it more brutally, but Rumble did it cleaner. Yeah. 
Francis just said, all right, one of us is going to land here and <laughs> it's going to be me. And he landed literally one punch and yep. put that, put that dude to sleep. It was over. He threw five, landed one. And that one looked like a what was worse? Shot. What would you rather have happened to you? The rumble one or Francis one? Uh, I think rumble rumble was an uppercut. So I, I, matter of fact, I'd rather France, even though he was knocked out clean and Francis kept throwing, he just stared him down. <laughs> he stared him down <laughs> afterward. Like, you called me out? Are you stupid? Yo, yo, to be honest, I think Rumble's like an assassin. Francis, I'd wake up and, like, my fucking jaw would hurt for, like, three weeks. <laughs> but, <laughs> yo, Francis hit him. He hit him, and then the way he continued to hit him on the ground. Yeah, the- yeah, yeah. That, that was what – see, that's what makes me think. When I'm 40, will I just forget everything that happened? That was just that was just bad. Rosenstruck should have not called that man out. That was a mistake for him. You woke the giant up, man. He you literally woke- he threw a leg kick in it, and and Ghana was like, "All right, I'm not dealing with this for for three rounds. Let's just get this over with." Dude, yeah. that I was not getting paid by the hour. I'm not gonna lie. Rosenstrike, he didn't do it like a dickhead though. He was like straight up, Francis. I like you. You got, you know, you, you're doing this to everyone. Let, what's up? He did it. Curtis Blades, too. Curtis Blades was like, I'm going to wrestle this. I'm going to wrestle him. It's over. It Like, it, I'm going to make him gas. Knocked out in 30 seconds. The fact that <laughs> Curtis Curtis Blades, after his last fight against JDS, was like, what else, what else do I have to do? Give me my title fight. And I, if, oh, I was a, if I was the announcer, I would have been like, so um, you want to fight Francis Ngannou again? I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Someone get Francis on the phone. Tell him to be quiet. Let's, let, let's tell Curtis that maybe he should take a backseat. I mean, realistically, what's going to happen is after this DC and Stipe fight, if it does happen and Gano gets the next title shot, no one is stopping that man. Stipe Miocic, to me, if, the, if he wins the belt off of DC again, well, uh, if defends it against oh, DC God. again, he's losing to Ngannou or he retires. Uh, and then Ngannou should become champion and Curtis Blades is the number one contender and he's probably going to get finished again. Well, DC announced today that... Um... His yeah. next fight is going to be his last one, and if it's not against Stipe, and Stipe has to drop the title, then it will be against Francis for That's, the title. I don't, I don't believe that at all. I feel like DC should it was smart enough not to take that fight. Kane Velasquez. He, he said he he said he doesn't want to take that fight, but if it comes down to Stipe dropping the belt, then he'll Kane, he'll take Kane it. Velasquez's knee buckled from a punch. <laughs> I don't think DC should take that that fight. He knocked Kane Velasquez into WWE. <laughs> now is Francis the scariest guy in MMA right now? Yes. MMA right now, scariest, not the best. Oh hell yeah, yeah, yeah! Get that guy away for, from me <laughs> for sure. I don't, I don't know. Like, I was thinking about it yesterday. When that man becomes champion, who dethrones him? <laughs> like, who in their right mind goes, "I'm going to take this fight and I'm going to win"? Well, it won't. Imagine be. John Jones goes up and beats him. That'd be fucking ridiculous. If John Jones <laughs> does that, John Jones is the goat. You can't you can't argue with it. Like the only person that defeats John Jones is John Jones. Yeah, especially now he just got that uh, DWI last Again. month or the, the other month. And now he's just tweeting like, "Yeah, fights are on." Everybody's just like, "So you know you got arrested, right?" Like you, Bro, you're just not gonna you know, ignore this. You know I can afford Uber, right? And I don't make money off of anyone sponsoring Bro. me. Someone at John Jones a million times in this podcast, hand me 60 grand a year and I will follow you around with my whip wherever I pr- you go. I, I would literally you, just... That's cheaper. I would show up in the car with a fucking personal battery just to charge my phone and sit in the corner and every time he's like, I'm diving to go. I'm like, all right, let's go. 
Yeah, just I'm chilling gonna put in the a, corner. I'm gonna put an iPad back there with some fight clips so he can uh, watch Victor, film. You know, Victor, we straight Eve off that TMZ money. I'm just, just straight, straight there. I mean, he's like, you want some coke? I'm like, nah, I'm good. Just do your thing. You know, <laughs> I'll just be in the car waiting for you when it's time to go. He's gonna be sitting there. I'd Look, have, a pregnant woman. I'd have a, I'd have a tranquilizer. <laughs> I'd have a tranquilizer on me at all times, and oh, the MMA man. fans would thank me. Because I'd yeah. stop that man from doing so much bad shit. Oh, oh man! Oh my god! I'm gonna have. I'm gonna be like, look, I tested these dick pills. There's no p. There's no PEDs <laughs> in them. You're good. All right, I did that for you. Just out of the oh. liberty, you're drunk now. You go home, pop one of these, have sex with your wife. Bro, that's oh, the Jesus the problem Christ. is he doesn't have that guy who's gonna tell him like, yo, you're wilding. And even yep, if he does, then he's just a terrible listener. But every, everybody had that problem. Mike Tyson had that problem. Like, everybody, it's once you reach yeah. the top of your game, nobody wants to tell you, hey, uh, you're kind of yeah. fucking up. Hey, hey, Manny, that's exactly why no one likes Andre Ward. He's a good, honest man. He's yeah, a good, exactly. honest man. Exactly. That's why. That's and then, one, of our, one of our favorites, Manny, Andre the, Ward. The, hard, the hardest part about that, too, is that when the person is one of the most dangerous people on the planet with their hands, you can't nice. really tell him anything. You can't be like, yeah. "Yeah, I don't know about this." Yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, no. I think John Jones. Just don't kill anyone, bro. What can I tell you? Please relax. I mean, the only yeah. person that that suffers from dudes being yes men in his corner is like Adrian Bronner because Adrian Bronner's t- entire team is just like, "Yeah, you're doing great." Like if you watch when he fought Manny Pacquiao. They're over here telling him, like, yeah, you're winning the rounds. Uh, you know, everything's great. Don't worry about anything. Just keep keep on doing what you're doing, and let's try to finish him in this round. Meanwhile, he was down in every single and the, round. And then he his logic was, but his punches didn't hurt. But I'm like, yo. He's beating the he shit out of you. It, yeah. The punches are still landing. Sugar Ray Leonard made an entire career out of just throwing, like, shots that didn't really hurt, but was landing shots. And the refs were like, you know what? This is working. It counts. The, the punches still count. Whether I mean, the judges, not, not the refs. But like, it, it, they're, they're, you're getting scored. Like uh, now, I mean, especially with the uh, the fight that just happened in the heavyweight division in boxing. If this man doesn't come back after getting embarrassed by the Gypsy King, <laughs> and learn how to throw something other than a jab and a straight, and move his head, and move his legs, and not blame a forty pound piece of armor. <laughs> like his entire team was definitely like, all right, here's what we're going to work on today. It's going to be a jab followed by a straight. And we're going to throw this a hundred times. Uh-huh. Is that okay with you? He's like, yeah, absolutely. If you guys think well, it works. The, the rematch for, um, for Deontay and uh, Fury has been postponed. So. <laughs> oh, obviously. You heard that um, <coughs> Fury wants to do him, Joshua and Wilder too, and then sell off into the sunset. It ain't a bad plan considering he's that a fucking be, millionaire already. Yeah, that would be beautiful. I mean, the man came back from a drug addiction and being extremely overweight to win the boxing title and beat Deontay and Wilder. And depressed. And he made Deontay Wilder look like he shouldn't be in a boxing ring, which is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie and, to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I hope Tyson Fury pulled it off. There was a fan in me that hoped he pulled it off. There was also a little part of me that went, no fucking way. There was. He did it. There was. I, he did it the entire time because I watched both their because they had to take fights before they, they fought each other. Uh, Deontay Wilder ended up fighting uh, that Cuban dude again, the one that yeah. get, that almost uh, knocked him out the first time they fought. So he took a tougher fight. Luis Ortiz, that's his name. Yeah, Louis, yeah. Luis Ortiz is like fifty years old. By and the way. then uh, they all are, man. Tyson, we, we know this. Tyson yeah. Fury took another guy. He was an, like an unknown heavyweight guy. Uh, I watched both those fights. I watched Tyson Fury's movement in the corner as the guy had him trapped in the corner, and he missed every single punch. 
and then I watched Deontay oh, yeah, Wilder. Yeah. So in watching both those fights, I knew that Tyson Fury's movement and the way he could execute in close quarters would be Deontay's downfall. But at the same time, I was like, but Deontay just has to land one punch. So yeah. I, I was hoping for Deontay, but in my heart of hearts, I kind of knew Tyson Fury would beat him. And another another crazy thing about that is like, so me and Steve, right, when we would go out, he had like Showtime boxing on one time. And this is like two years before Showtime. Wilder became who he was. And he was like a random fight on a Friday night before we went to Turtle Bay. And it's crazy that we saw that first fight and then didn't pay it any mind when he won by knockout. Because that's when he faced the dude with the with the dreads. That oh, didn't wanna... uh, the, the Haitian dude, the Canadian Haitian dude? Yeah. Was it the first he... fight or the no, second no, fight? No. Stavern, 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 yeah, yeah, there we go. And then we, I, we watched that fight, and then we were like, yo, that guy just died. And then we just left like nothing happened. And the fact that he's the biggest heavyweight boxer now is the craziest thing, and it's only and if you like If you look at the interviews before that, Stavern's like, I'm going to hospitalize you. <laughs> You're going to die. I, I, it's not going to be like the first fight. I'm going to finish you. And Deontay Wilder's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. That one, that one, that one was like... That's why that knockout not... was so disrespectful when he just stood in front of him because he yeah. was like, yeah, you remember all that shit you was talking? I was starting to get excited because he beat him once before pretty soundly. And the one that made me go, oh, my God, this guy could kill a guy. You remember uh, Deontay Wilder knocking out this bald dude and they immediately pan over to his wife and she's like, in just like, dude, hold on. I, man, you gotta, you have to listen to the, the dude. It's so bad. That's the worst one I've ever seen. He just has That's so the much power, man. Like, but the thing is, he needs to actually learn some sort of tech, technical boxing because you can't, you can't throw your jab and your straight when Tyson Fury's on the inside. And he's just weaving everything you throw. You got to mix it up. You got to figure but something out. The, the problem with that is that he went undefeated and won a bronze medal in the Olympics. So he's like, yo, why do I have to change that? Why? But this is this is something they've also talked to him about. And, I mean, his answer was it works. So, I yeah. mean, until it doesn't work, I'm going to keep doing it. And it yeah. hasn't worked. And now he has to figure it out. Yeah. Now, what about back to UFC? Uh, Henry, Cev- Henry Cejudo versus uh, Dominic Cruz. Uh, that was a wild fight for Dominic to take after that layoff, considering his last fight was being the last fight Ronda Rousey fought against the fucking freight train that Cejudo at the time. <laughs> so I, I didn't think that that was the smartest decision on his part, Vic. I'm not going to lie. I think he could have did better with a little longer camp, uh, actually, Dominic Cruz. Uh, for my, I, I actually had – I thought Dom was going to win that fight. That was my – that was my prediction on that fight, only for the fact that I knew Dom, uh, when it came to smaller guys like DJ, Joseph Benavides, and stuff like that, when he fought them back in there, uh, back when they were younger, he was dominating those guys. I mean, him and uh, Benavides fought twice. He won twice, but he was able to do like do so much more because he was a lot taller. So me thinking, you know, Henry Cejudo's smaller. Uh, Dom is a little bit older, but Dom did come back after a huge layoff, had a tune-up fight, and then beat TJ Dillashaw. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if he did it again. I know his movement is probably still there. I know he's able to, you know, his takedown defense is probably still there. Uh, I did think it was a bit of an early stoppage. I think the finish against TJ Dillashaw was also an early stoppage. Uh, but, I mean, TJ teated, Dom didn't. Dom, I mean, as a former champion and probably the greatest bantamweight of all time, you probably deserve a little bit of extra leeway, especially in a title fight, to work back up to your feet, which he was doing. 
and then try to continue to the next round. Uh, yeah. Do I think he probably could have won that fight? I don't know. I mean, he was getting the leg kicks were working. He did look better in the second round. Did I think he won the second round? No, I thought it was going to be another 10-9 for Cejudo heading into the third. Uh, I would have liked to see it go a little bit longer and see if Dom could kind of work and improve on it because he was landing some stuff. Uh, I'm sure the headbutt, you know, that caused a cut over uh, Henry's uh, forehead probably would have played a factor into the fight as well. But um, all in all, I mean, it was a good fight. Uh, Cejudo's legacy in MMA, I don't think it's sealed because of the fact that he tried to handpick his his title defense at bantamweight against Aldo or Faber, and then, you know, also called out Cruz. Cruz came back with the fight. Salute to him. Smart decision on his part because, you know, after a long layoff, you basically just try to say, I'm going to win my title back. Now he has to he has to figure out where he's going to go from here and see if he has to take, you know, one of these up-and-comers in that division, and there is a lot of good talent in that division still. Uh, I think maybe he fights somebody like Jimmy Rivera, which was booked before, and Jimmy Rivera's Wait, on a losing streak. Uh, no, Dom. Cejudo's oh, retired. Oh, I to, yeah, Cejudo, I was about to say. Cejudo's he did retire look, at the end of the fight. He's probably going to look for a money fight. I think Dom is going to have to take, you know, somebody that's in the top 10 of the division, but, you know, not up there right now. Like, I don't see Dom fighting like Marlon uh, Marais or uh, or Jan. Maybe, my, maybe uh, Dom versus Aldo. You never know. They my be, theory about that uh, Cejudo retirement, though, I feel like Dom was going to retire at the end of this fight. I mean, he said – I mean, he had an interview with uh, Ariel Hawani. He said he feels great. He said he's ready to go. Um, he, he spoke about it. He said that apparently, like, he had a conversation with the ref in the back and that the ref uh, smelled of cigarettes and booze and couldn't even look him in the eye. He's like, I, I spoke to him before. He was like, he looked like he was out partying all night, and I had to forcefully get this man to look me in my eyes to let him know that I'm – I give me an opportunity. Like if, if, if I'm going to go down, you let me go out, you let me fight back. And that's why he was so pissed off. Cause he said he felt like at that moment, he knew that he, the ref was, you know, going to play a factor into this fight. And that he wished at the last second, he could have been like, Hey, I don't want this guy. I want her being, that is some wild accusations. If it is, true. you gotta have, you gotta have some exceptional proof for a way. Yeah. <laughs> accusation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but that's I, the thing though. Dom, I Dom is a, Camera with the microphone picking that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is a wild accusation to make about a. The only reason I would say that it's true is because if you think about it, like Dominic Cruz when he lost to Cody Garbrandt, he had no excuses. He's like he he was a better man. He 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 didn't say like oh he got lucky. You know I I wasn't expected for this. He's you know he he uh, simply outstruck me, and he said I just have to come back better. So Dom has never really made excuses in his career, especially as a guy as smart as him and the way he you know he analyzes fights and stuff like that. So if, if if Dominic Cruz is saying it, I can somewhat believe it. Obviously, I don't know too much about this ref. Um, but uh, he did say that Jeremy Stevens at one point did have an uh, incident with this ref where he actually had to forcefully carry the guy back to his hotel room. So, I mean, it's wild accusations. I mean, but it's Dominic Cruz, and Dominic Cruz doesn't really make too many excuses. Uh, so, I mean, I, I can't really say. Uh, Dominic Cruz, his suggestion was that uh, when it comes to title fights, there should be three refs, and then uh, a fighter should say, "Hey, out of these three, I would like this uh, this one." To, oh, so you can, you can pick fight. which ref? So, I mean, what? because like, let's say that he what he his explanation was okay. Like, what if I chose my ref and I said, "You know what? I want Herb Dean for this fight," and that same instance happens, and Herb Dean stops it. He's like, "I have no room to complain because I personally asked for Herb Dean to officiate." This but fight. That, the only problem with that is that you're picking that's kind of an advantage like if you pick a ref that will Not let both fighters agree to it though because well, I mean, no you know, yeah I, I thought you meant like the the winner the champion 
going into no, the fight gets the I mean, if, if both fighters go, if they go, hey, look, these are your, your three options of refs, and the one fighter chooses this, and the other fighter chooses this, and they're like, let's say there's like Mike Beltran, Herb Dean, and uh, I can't think of like, I don't know, Mario Yamasaki. The guy with the mustache. Uh, that's, Mike, that's, that's, that's Mike Beltran. Oh. oh, my God. Um, So Mike Beltran, Herb Dean, and then like Mario Yamasaki. Obviously, they... Like, nobody's going to choose Yamasaki because he'd rather let you die. <laughs> um, but, like, Herb Dean is considered the GOAT. So, if, if one guy says, I want Mike Beltran, and the other guy says, I want Herb Dean, and he could be like, you know what, I, I wouldn't mind Herb Dean. Herb Dean is, like, one of the – is the GOAT standard of, you know, MMA refs. Uh, really? That's something that could be – You don't like John McCarthy more, but he's retired, I mean, But John, so. John McCarthy's not active, so Herb Dean is the GOAT yeah. standard right now. Um, so, I think it, it would be fair to be like, hey, look, out of these three refs, which one do you guys prefer to officiate? And if you guys can come to an agreement – you guys know this is how he's going to call this fight. You've seen his fights before. You've seen how he calls fights. You can't get mad if, like, he stops it early because you agreed to choose this ref for your fight. I, I wouldn't mind it. Now, that that is if, – if both people do agree to it, it does make it more fair. I, do, I did wonder how did they pick the refs, like, if it's just random or – I mean, they, they let you know months in advance. Like, they, that stuff gets, gets uh, shown right before the event starts. Like, you can look it up and see, like, all right, this is going to be the, the judges and this is going to be who's refing these fights and stuff like that. So you kind of know. Right. Um, I'm, I don't know if, like, I'm sure if you're, like, higher up and like, with the UFC in terms of, like, you're one of their top fighters and you're like, hey, I don't want this right officiating, I'm sure you can, you can do that. Because there are certain refs that, you know, people just don't want officiating their fights. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they'll be like, if he's like, well, if this is going to officiate, I'm, I'm not signing the contract. Um, but I think it, it is fair. Um, you know, the refs, uh, that's another point that he brought up in his interview with, um, Ariel Hawani was like, you know, fighters have to go through weight cuts. We can't smoke, you know, we can't take drugs. We can't drink, uh, during this entire weight cut. And then the person who's supposed to oversee this is the person who gets the least amount of responsibility. Because if I show up hungover and I'm supposed to ref a fight, I, I can still go in there, ref my fight. If I make a bad call, I don't have to give an interview explaining how I made that call and what I got to that decision. Right. Um, I'm not forced to do these things. So I mean, refs don't, they're not really held responsible because after that fight, it's not like he, he was like, this is why I made that call. Or, you know, you could find out, you know, what, what was he thinking at the time? I mean, certain refs do, certain refs do do interviews, but it's very rare. Right. Now that was, that was pretty great. And, and you, you, you just spit those facts like a true professional. Now the final match going into this weekend was the most interesting because Tony Ferguson and Khabib is the most cursed fight of all time. Like, it's supposed it's to happen, like, to four be. times. About a, about a lighting <laughs> candle and think about that fight never happening. It's, it's never going to happen now. So, yeah. I mean, that... The whole pandemic happened this time. Just stop it from happening. <laughs> That's why, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes, man. What can you say anymore about the next time this fight gets booked? Like the the bear that Khabib fought as a child is gonna come back all jacked up <laughs> and just eat him. <laughs> no, I think they could save it if they did. Um, I'm thinking they could do Connor and Tony and Gaethje and Khabib, obviously. See, but that's but the thing, though. Um, and watching the way Gaethje fought Tony. I think Connor can kind of do the same thing because Connor's boxing is so smooth and so fluid. He does have, I don't want to say he has better power than Gaethje. I think they they both have like really good power. Um, and Connor could kind of slip those punches that, that Tony throws and be able to land talking smooth about, counters. Talking about Connor fighting Tony, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, Tony. I'm talking about, uh, I feel like Connor 
and watching the way Gaethje fought against Tony, because remember, you know, Tony picks dudes apart, and and Gaethje was came into the UFC as a, I'm gonna go die on my shield, or you're gonna die on your shield. One of us is going down. Now, and to he, be he fair, lost those two fights, and then Tony Tony did cut weight two times this month. But that was his yeah. choice. Yeah, the first time he did it, he he did it as yeah. a joke, and then yeah. it, the UFC was like, by the way. In two weeks, you're gonna fight uh, um, Gaethje, so you, you better be ready. I and mean, then Tony's sitting there like, uh, uh. But you agree to that, though. I mean, it's not like I could have been like, "Hey, look, that's not enough time to prepare." You agree to it? No, but he probably didn't take into account that the t- the first weight cut was gonna affect them the way it did in this. I mean, but that fight. You think anyone tried to stop him? From uh, wait, the the weight cut for him was like a personal thing because yeah. I, I mean, the fight with, had been called off, and he was just like, "Yeah, but I made 155. I was ready, bitches." <laughs> I mean, it could. He also said that you know he was preparing for a wrestler, and Gaethje is a complete different thing. That is true. Yeah. But I mean, Tony's also 36. It, it's kind of older for the sport. He was at the top of his division still, so you can't really say that you know the age played a factor. He had the longest active win streak in the lightweight division. Yeah. Maybe if they run it back, it could be different. Maybe he, he'll be more prepared. But I mean. And Gaethje just was a better man. He, uh, after making the the changes after those two losses that he had, uh, was it Eddie Alvarez? No, it was Dustin Poirier, and then um, I forgot who else finished him. Uh, but after Eddie those, Alvarez, it was Eddie Alvarez. I was right. So it was it was Eddie just uh, Dustin Alvarez. Poirier and Eddie Alvarez finished him for a second. Yeah. Um, and he came back better. He came back, you know, more calm, able to know that he can land these shots, slipping punches. Uh, he has good wrestling himself. He just chooses not to use it, especially. He with says it doesn't make him money. He, um, he said he said wrestling doesn't make him money, and nobody wants to see wrestling, so he, he chooses to strike. And it's it's. I mean, his last four fights have been knockouts. I mean, two of them he knocked two people out cold. He probably could have knocked Donald Cerrone out cold, but he liked the guy, so he stopped throwing punches. (laughs) And then, I mean, Tony Ferguson was literally shaking his head after that last punch. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's sitting there trying to figure out, all right, where is he? Because I see seven (laughs) of them, and I'm not sure which one I got to strike at. No one has done this to Tony Ferguson, and that's the crazy part. That's But Tony did get some offense off, too. He did, but nothing compared to what Justin Gaethje was throwing. He got that uppercut yeah. at the end of round two. Maybe if there was some extra time, he gets the finish. But other than that, Justin Gaethje put on a clinic. You heard every single one of those punches connect. Yeah. And every time it connected, I was like, how is this man even breathing? Now, Steve, get more into your your post-fight theory where you say next it should be Connor versus Tony and then Khabib versus Justin. I'm guessing that way yeah. they can unify the belts and then – Whoever wins Connor versus Tony becomes the the number one contender. Yeah, obviously, and and so you got to think about too. Poirier's in there somewhere in the mix, and um, who else is um, who did uh, fuck? Who just fought at one fifty five? Cowboy's gonna stay at one seventy. I think he should stay at one fifty five. Is he making that cut anymore, or he just doesn't want? I mean, do I I think he kind of just chooses where he wants to fight. Like if they're like, hey, we need to fight here, he's like, I right, bet, fuck it, I'll yeah. do it. But he does look good at 170, to be fair. I mean, you still – there's a lot of – like, Charles Oliveira is making his way up the 155 ladder. Dan, Dan Hooker's Hooker, up there. Dan Hooker and Poirier wouldn't – that was supposed to happen. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of different guys coming up because Charles Oliveira went, I think, was fighting at 145 at one point, and he's he's kind of surging out of nowhere. Wait, where uh, does Masvidal fight at? Masvidal what? fights at 170. He's about to probably yeah, so, fight. He's fighting for the belt uh, against Usman probably pretty soon. That's hopefully. a stacked. I mean, there, there's a lot going on right now. There, there's there, a lot of different. Uh, you can't complain about many divisions because there's a lot of good fighters. Like every division is pretty stacked right now. The UFC is in a good spot. Uh, I mean, Wei Li Zhang's fucking queen of the starways right now. Joanna's yeah, holding. I mean, Joanna, uh, Amanda Nunes is holding on two divisions by herself. Uh, you have Valentina Shevchenko fucking just destroying everybody and being like the DJ of that division. Now, do uh, you think that Connor is helping or hurting the two divisions by picking and choosing at any given point? Like whenever there's a fight going, he picks and chooses who he wants to call out and just keeps his name in the mix. Every right now, time. Connor is probably right now with what's going on. It's probably Connor's best opportunity because if you look at the top ten. Connor, I think, has fought Paul Felder in the past. I think Paul Felder has a win over him. I'm not, I'm not sure. I have to look at the record. But he could. Connor's capable of beating Paul Felder. Charles Oliveira, he probably looks at as, like, somebody that, that is surging. Connor could have a good fight with uh, Dan Hooker. I feel like the only but people he, that – He called out Masvidal a couple couple weeks ago. Yeah, but, I mean – I think he's going to stay at 155, but then eventually make his way up to 170. He, and, and he, he was he, tweeting today uh, all about Justin Gaethje and, and fucking Khabib. And, and I mean – not gonna lie, he he tweeted some pretty nasty shit. But <laughs> I did see the Brazzers <laughs> thing that he put out. Quarantine has everyone wallowing. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I um, think the Justin Gaethje and Connor fight. I'm not gonna lie, that's a scary fight for Connor because Justin Gaethje, his head movement was on point and his power is there. Uh, with I mean, his only other fights at the top of that division. If you look at the top five right now, it's Dan Hooker, Gaethje. Connor, Poirier, and Tony, and then he obviously you have Khabib at the top. He's beaten Dustin. He knocked him out cold. I mean, you think Connor I, beats Gaethje? Vic? I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I think if I think I think uh, Connor beats Gaethje. I, I think I think he does. I think he Connor looks better than than uh, Tony did on Saturday. I mean, and it, if it's the same type of fight, I think Connor wins that fight. If if Connor fights Tony, I think he beats Tony now. Just from looking at the way Gaethje was being able to slip and counter and keep his head off the center line and come up with the hook. I mean, Tony did say he was prepping for a wrestler. I don't know. I'm not part of his camp. Um, you know, maybe Eddie Bravo could speak on it. I can't. Edgy, uh, you got to look into it, that, as, as Eddie Bravo <laughs> would say. But I think uh, if if Connor fights Tony, I I do think that. Uh, Connor beats him if it stays a stand-up fight, unless Tony actually uses you know his jiu-jitsu and his wrestling. Who do you want to see Connor face? I mean, Connor Tony's a good fight. Uh, I don't want Connor Dustin Poirier because it, the first time that happened, he knocked him out clean, and yeah. it wasn't a TKO. But po Poirier has also Poirier become a very different than yeah, Poirier yeah, fights. It's different. it's not like when you when I think of the top of that division and entertaining fighters, I think Tony Ferguson, I think Khabib, I think Connor, and after you know. This last, I think, Gaethje now because the man's just knocking four straight knockouts. What he did to Tony Ferguson was just different. You've never seen anybody do that to Tony. And so, I mean, that fight against Khabib, I think, is going to be a really, really good fight. I think Gaethje has the ability to knock out Khabib because you have seen Khabib rock from Dustin, and you did see him get, you know, somewhat rocked by Connor as well. Yeah. Uh, I think Gaethje has the ability to beat him because Gaethje's not going to back down. He's going to keep coming forward. He, he believes in his wrestling ability, and he also believes in the power in his hands. We haven't really seen Khabib in a stand-up war, and I think if he does try to strike with him, he's going to get knocked out. But Khabib doesn't want that war. 
He showed it in the last fight. He doesn't care about if you guys want to see, you know, him go pound for pound with, with Connor. He's going to so take him down and just wrestle go- fuck him to death. And that's, that's the thing. Gaethje's wrestling is really good. So his counter wrestling is going to be really good. And if, Ga- if- I feel like that is all smoke and mirrors. It's one of those guys that's like, I'm yo, I got a gun. Lie. I got a gun I- under my hoodie. And I yeah, think that, um, the there's no gun. I think Gaethje's going to get caught in a scramble really good. And then he's going to realize like, oh, yeah, I, it's just, I think it's just a matter of time before Khabib really gets a hold of one of his limbs and arm traps him. It gets both his legs wrapped around his fucking legs. And it's just, it's just a matter of time. Hey, he's going to be like, wow, I have really haven't practiced wrestling the it, way I, I should have. It could be just, you know, of the fact. The Connor fight is how he's going to open the Gates fight. Just yeah. shamelessly shooting for takedowns. It, it could be the fact that, you know, we just saw Justin Gaethje. So it's, it's more of that, like, who, who's more active syndrome no, and, and, and who we're scared of. Because if you look at uh, the Dustin Poirier fight, when Dustin beat Max Hollow, everybody was like, Dustin striking is clean. You know, he has a chance against Khabib. And he got in there and he was like, I can't get this guy fucking off me. He's fucking strong. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it was bad. It was a bad night for him. But um, I don't know. I, I think Gaethje is capable, especially with his counter wrestling and the power in his hands. And the fact that, I mean, he literally has a style where he will stay in your face and he will push forward. And Khabib's takedowns come from, you know, mostly – uh, when he has your back against the cage, I ha- he doesn't really like to shoot in the middle of the cage. And I don't think, you know, Gaethje is going to give his back to the cage. He will keep pressing forward. Um, so I think that's going to be a good fight. And I mean, if, if Connor does beat uh, Tony, which I think he's capable of doing, and if Gaethje beats Khabib, that's a, a good fight too. It's too, it's, it's going to be a stand up war. Well, who do you guys actually see Connor facing next? I, I mean, the Tony, uh, it has to be Tony. Well, you think you don't think? Well, I just saw Connor say he wants July. You think Tony's gonna gonna want to take some time off or get back into it? I think. Do Do you know who Tony Ferguson is? Tony's crazy. Yeah. Tony Ferguson is nuts. I know what he's gonna do. I'm asking myself, what should he do? If, <laughs> if Tony Fer, if the do, if they called him right now. And he was like, yeah, the doctor's releasing me in the next hour. And they're like, good, you're going to fight Connor uh, the hour after that. He'd be like, fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> and he'll just hop in there with a baseball and a belt, uh, a title belt on his shoulder and be like, let's do this. And the sunglasses. I think he'll be back. Imagine Connor and, and Tony on International Fight Week July. It's going to, yeah, that's definitely the fight to make for them. And then she and Khabib. Think, personally, slap that on the same card and get fucking wild. <laughs> I mean, like the. Every division is at its peak right now. I mean, there's a lot of – the only – like, you can't really say heavyweight has a lot of good options because everybody at the heavyweight right now at the peak is very old. But every other division, like, even the bantamweight division is stacked, the featherweight division is stacked, the welterweight division is stacked. I well, mean, the size I, of I could make the argument just for, for heavyweight being because of Francis. But that's Francis. the thing. When you think heavyweight, you think Stipe, Daniel Cormier, Francis. I mean, Curtis Blades is up there, but there's nobody else. Like, Derek Lewis kind of fights, like, he fights, but every time he loses, he's like, oh, my back and stuff like that. He's having yeah, back yeah. surgeries. Like, there's nobody really at the top of that division that you're like, is super impressive. The only person I want to see succeed at this division is Walt Harris, especially with what happened to his, uh, his daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I want to see him succeed, but everybody at the top of that division is old and they're, you know, past their prime. I mean, JDS is still ranked number four. JDS Fucking Rockwell's fighting tomorrow. It's 2020. So <laughs> he's, I'm, he's, a, he's, he's the guy who's been around for a little bit too, actually. There's, Even since, uh, what was it? Was he in Strike Force? He was somewhere else for a little bit. 
there's a lot of what him I, I know he got I think he tested positive or something like that I think he wanted he did he he got suspended for a good bit two years I think slept on him so Jesus. I mean I think that's why you haven't heard from him in a while but like every other yeah. division has a lot of young dudes coming up I mean they're stacked you can't you can't say anything even the middleweight division has uh that dude that Edmund Tarverian's uh working with yeah. uh, Edmund Shabazian yeah, yeah, so here. I mean, everybody. There's a lot of young dudes coming up in divisions and new faces. Even dudes that are coming out of nowhere, like Jared Cannonier, who can fight, uh, who and, has a lot of power, and still relatively new stars like Jorge Masvidal, where people just found out about who he was in that Diaz fight, and Israel, who everybody. I still have no idea how he blew up so big. It's the style. Is he? Because he's, 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 he's a weird. He's he dances. He fucking fights it. well, does into anime and shit, talks his own shit in a weird way. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, he he put his foot in his he also puts his foot in his mouth a couple of times and makes you just look at him more and go, What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when he's trash talking John Jones and calling him an old man. Meanwhile, yeah. John Jones is a couple months older than him. Like, what are you talking? Yeah, Don't like, call me a boomer. Like they're like thirty and thirty two, to be exact. Yeah. If if you yeah. want to Vic, if you call me a boomer, I'm going to get super tight, and I might put you in a rear naked. Uh, First of all, it's quarantine. Don't touch me. No, no, I'm coughing six on feet, the back of your neck. Feet, six feet. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> this, I don't know. I think the UFC is in a, in a very good place right now. I mean, the, besides the women's divisions, because I think those are just going to be ruled by the people who are ruling them right now for a very long time. Yeah. Who, whoever's at the top in those divisions are going to stay up there. 115 is looking good, to be honest with you. The strong Nunes, um, Tatiana Suarez. Uh, there we go. I was just thinking about what her name was. That's my favorite fighter right now. You piece of shit. That's my favorite Tatiana. fighter. I, I just don't know her name, but she's yeah. yeah I love her. I love that chick. And what's the other one? The Hawaiian single mom who was she used to be abused. Oh, and, Rachel like, Ostovich. She's she's not even she's she's not good, but she's pretty. Chef's kiss. She's, she retweeted me one time. She's not I, good, but she's pretty. I tweeted, that's, that's I tweeted her. <laughs> I tweeted her that she's my favorite fighter. Do the I, top girls in MMA got to be a little bit ugly? Is that what that means? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, just a little yeah, bit. Probably. Of, probably. Like, not fully. Like, ugly cute, you know? Like, like it's all fine and dandy when Michelle Waterson's there and then someone like, uh, what's her name? Uh, yep. Todd's Yoani and Jacek yeah. runs through. Yeah. Yep. When someone yeah. nicknamed the bullet comes up and then goes, yeah, oh, that's Valentina. Old... That's Valentina. Oh, Val- oh, I'm thinking of Valentina. Valentina Shevchenko like, oh, is basically that woman flyweight division. She's looking at all of them like, yeah, you all suck. Um, so I'm just gonna chill here for a bit. Who was that? And... There, all right, there was an attractive fighter that she faced two fights ago. I want to say where she wore the bulletproof vest and said, Oh, Jessica, uh, Jessica, I. Yes, Jessica I. I. She was Jessica like, I got eyed because she <laughs> you knocked call, her out. You call you call yourself the bullet, but I'm wearing a vest. And she put on a bulletproof vest. And she got she, knocked out with a head. She hit her with a Thanos. You should have aimed for the head. Bow. <laughs> Yo, that was uh that was a that was a lot. That was a it's, lot. It's like that scene in Dumb and Dumber where they where they were like, Oh, we gave you the bulletproof vest. And then he was like, But what if he shot us in the head? He was like, Well, he didn't. Oh. That's what happened to her. Straight head kick knockout. Like there's Disgusting. there's nobody in that division that is even close to holding a candle to Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, Joan Cal- Joan Calderwood just got booked. 
to fight her for the title, and I guess that got canceled. But even then, Joanne Calderwood, like I love Joanne Cal- uh, Calderwood because she's so soft spoken, but looks like a badass. Yeah. Uh, but she's like going. To, she's, she's going to. Lo- she's going to lose. She's going to lose. And then eventually, well, I hope that Shevchenko kind of just says, you know what, fuck it. I have this division on lock. I'm going to move up and either fight Amanda Nunes again or Weili Zhang says, you know what, I want to fight you. And that's going to be a good fight. If you if you look at all She's of the supposed to fight they're all Eubanks. Wasn't she supposed to fight Sajara Eubanks? Who? I, I, yeah, at one point, it was supposed to be Sajara Eubanks fighting her for the title. Sajara Eubanks went, they took the title yeah. fight that I, I earned. And then after that, she's lost every single fight. Yep. Yep. Literally. Oh, man. Yep. So that, that division is, the flyweight division has a long way to go. Um, but Valentina Shashenko is just going to, she's literally going to be the Demetrius Johnson of that division. Well, between her, Whaley Zhang, and Amanda Nunez, I... They they got the the titles unlocked for a good minute. You think Whaley Zhang moves up, tries I to challenge that at some point? I absolutely because that I mean that's that's the that's a great fight. Whaley Zhang can you know look at what she did to Joanna. They went through five rounds. It was a war, but Whaley has power and and you know she hits hard and I think her versus Valentina is fun. Even though I I mean was that the fight where her face looked like an like alien? she looked like where she looked like yeah. Frankenstein afterwards? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah Whaley yeah. Zhang did that to Joanna Jacek. Yeah, I remember that was the Israel. Yoel fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then th- that fight being before the the Izzy fight made the Izzy fight ten times worse. Yeah, because yeah. They literally <laughs> just watched women <laughs> try to kill each other. But uh, a I real think her, war. If Whaley, you told me a year ago, I'd be more excited st- for the Whaley Zhang and Yoani and Jacek fight than Yoel and Izzy. I'd look you in the face and call you fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that man, Wild. That was wild to watch live. Bro, I insane. think that's a, a good fight. Uh, I mean, Valentina wants to fight Amanda again. That's another fight that's probably going to happen eventually. But you never know. It's, it's, there's a lot of good fights for the top, like, three women that are, are going to run that division probably for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rose Namajunas versus Weili Zhang is going to be a good fight, too. Well, I'm sure that's going to happen I, I'm going to tell well. you how it's going to end. The same way it um, ended with the last Weili Zhang <laughs> fight. Rose Rose's head is going to just go crazy, too. Uh, uh, no. Even yes. though uh, uh, what's uh, what's her name? Uh, Valentina has like that weird condition where her head just swells. Joanna, I mean Joanna. Yeah, I mean, wow, I said you're getting, conf- you're getting them confused. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of weird European names that are just being thrown around. Just imagine, I want like it's weird because if you think about it, like at one point MMA was ruled by Brazilians. You had Aldo, you had fucking, uh, and then you sort of said. <laughs> and then all the Brazilians left and now you have you have uh a lot of European people and then you have um you know Africa stepping through and you know you got Camaro Israel Well uh, yeah you got all these new markets like Asia Ngannou. Ngannou, and Africa now it. where it's going to be insane Australia with, with is putting I mean Izzy counts as a, I guess if you want to put that in a little area as well but a lot of different no, well, people are uh, making if, their stamps. If you think about it, the UFC is probably going to tap into the the African market. They have like two Nigerian champions. At there's the a lot of there's right a now. lot of Nigerian. I mean, they have Ngannou is 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 surging. You have two uh, Nigerian champions, and then you have I think that dude fighting out of bantamweight whose name I can't think of, but uh, he throws with a lot of power, and he's he's surging yeah. in that bantamweight division. I can't think That's of his a, name right a, now. Bantamweight, right? Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Um, and he's uh, he's he's surging. I mean, there's a lot of good 
people coming from Nigeria right now, especially in the UFC. At 145, there's another guy who's southpaw. He just knocked the dude out. I'll get you the name. I don't have it right now. <laughs> yeah, but, but um, the UFC has a lot of promise. The the card is tomorrow. Uh, who's fighting on that one? It is uh oh, it's um, OSP Anthony Smith Rockwell and Anthony Smith Glover Teixeira. Who do you guys have in those? Well, let's start with Anthony, Anthony Smith, Smith first. Is a, Anthony Smith is a savage for what just happened in his house, by yeah. the way. That if if nobody so knows, uh, Anthony Smith was home, and one day someone just breaks into his crib, and he has to fight off that man who was on drugs that they said they don't know what drugs, but he was on drugs and taking every single blow and eating them from a lightweight champion who just faced John Jones. Uh, heavyweight champion. I was 6'4". He's like 2'30". He's like... Yeah. <laughs> and he's walking way. around with... I, uh, I said bantamweight. He fights at featherweight. Uh, Sadiq Youssef. It was, the guy. it was the guy I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. He fights at, he, Sadiq Youssef. He just fought uh, Andre Feely. Oh, shout out to Tucky uh, Feely. Victor's don't favorite shout him fighter out. in Calvin high school. Cater. Calvin Cater touched... I was like, damn. <laughs> that's what I do Cater was not one to be fucked with. Well, in high school, Victor would hit up a touchy feel. Yeah, and send he, happy he, birthday would, yeah. Message. he would respond to me and everything. I was like, man, this, this guy is so cool. Oh, man. <laughs> the crazy oh, part is the first time I watched Touchy Feely fight, I watched him fight Max Holloway. And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, he barely lost that fight. You know, we're going to be good. And look at Max Holloway it's, now. It's, <laughs> it's only one. What do you get? Uh, Darst? He got Darst that day, didn't he? He'll get it right uh, back. He fucking yeah, it's it hasn't been the same. Uh-huh. I'm pretty. I think Yaya Rodriguez knocked him out. Cold Calvin too. Cater, yeah. no, Calvin Cater did. No, Yaya not Rodriguez knocked the tooth out of his mouth. <laughs> oh my god, that shit was ridiculous. I but, still don't know why they love. It was Victor, Brian, and Ruben who just loved him. It was like actually were, Lu- Actually, shout out to Lewis because he told me he loved him too. Ah, uh, yeah. It, it, I'm just sitting, I'm like, he has the coolest nickname game. ever. Touchy so feeling. That's cool. <laughs> Oh my god, it was so dumb. But uh, yeah, I mean, t- tomorrow's card, uh, Anthony Smith. Oh, Anthony for sure. Smith versus uh, Glover. I think Anthony Smith wins that fight. Um, I think he has a lot to prove after his last showing against John Jones. He said he he didn't fight to his capability. Um, Glover Teixeira is a veteran in the sport, but I mean, uh, I think Glover Teixeira is a little past his prime. Yeah, I don't think sure. he's going to be at the top of that division for much longer. And I think Anthony Smith should take this fight, probably running away. But Anthony Smith did – he took a lot, like a lot of blows from John Jones that – But were, it he was also insane. beat Gus after, didn't he? He beat Gus, and um, he he had a couple. Yes. He's not bad in his division. It was just John Jones was – John know, Jones? John Jones. Yeah. You, you can't, can't do yeah, anything fuck it. If but Glo- he did Glo- hard in that fight. He beats the share, give him another top five guy. Fuck it. Have him and John run it back. If do you think? Too. Do you do you think that that man breaking into his house has an effect on him? Because he said he landed every big blow he could, and it didn't knock him out. Uh, uh no, nah. that guy's on drugs. I mean, listen, heroin and all that other shit's a hell of a drug. Yeah, yeah man. Yo, it's a, I don't know what drugs make you impervious. Like you cannot be knocked out. That is a crazy Have drug. You, yo, John nah. Jones is probably hitting him up like yo. Did he what's, say like a name? What's going on? John Jones, I mean, probably still has one of the best chins in MMA because that man eats some shots. Oh, you can't let a guy with a Thor hammer on his chest. Like he was eating everything, even though he did tear his ACL, but still. 
Oh no, he tore everything in his legs. His legs yeah, are his his eggs his <laughs> eggs. Wow, his legs look like Sean Livingston's after after yeah. that one NBA game. Um tomorrow, I don't know. I mean the Anthony Smith for sure. That Ben Rafla OSP fight, I don't really even care about. Uh, but let's just say OSP because, you know, OSP, I like OSP better than – I actually know. I like Ben Rothwell's little jig that he does after he wins. So, I kind of want I kind of want Ben Rothwell to win. That's just like, that's just like someone's father. After <laughs> I kind of want to see that. So, I mean, hopefully he wins, I guess. Uh, well, I uh, feel like we've gone for like an hour and a half. This is really solid MMA work. Uh, if the people like it, I feel like we should just keep doing this as long as the quarantine cards happen. Hey, um, hey, I wouldn't mind. I'm here. Yeah. I'm quarantined. Vic- yeah. Victor, do you have anything to do anywhere to go? I mean, I can't go anywhere. So, <laughs> um, it, Where can people follow you if uh, you guys want them to? I, uh, every time I get somebody on here, they don't want to be followed for some reason. So that's why I, I have to ask. I don't care. I mean, uh, DJ Piragua underscore on Instagram and then just DJ Piragua on Twitter. The if you can't spell it, figure it out. <laughs> the only thing they should be following is the last stop podcast oh Don't there follow. you go what a kiss ass <laughs> what a kiss ass one, steve is one of those people that you stays off the grid and you know what else they should you know what else they should do they should now buy a last stop <laughs> a last stop uh, hoodie tell them they can get it manny <laughs> oh so i'm definitely yeah, gonna edit in the audio at one point in here but you can oh, you get the last up hoodie in the I'm gonna add it on later and they're gonna hear it already by the time it starts. Uh, but make sure you grab shit. a last up hoodie at the uh link in the description. Um mm-hmm. it's only available until the twentieth of May, so get it oh, while I got you some can. time. I also, got some time. This this podcast was brought to you by Blue Chew, the pill that John Jones <laughs> should have used. Oh <laughs> uh, no, stop, stop. <laughs> Anything, stop it. Stop uh, it. <laughs> fuck you, Blue Chew. I'm all natural, bitch. And yeah, if you want to follow me at Silk Durag on Twitter, at Manny Dizla on Instagram, um, yeah, this was our MMA show. Hope you guys enjoyed. I feel like we did this one time before. Yeah, yes, we did. We, we, we talked about uh, uh, Brock Lesnar and then, got, it was when the and then we, got, we got into a Twitter war. Yeah. It was like <laughs> the haters were trying to bully Manny and be a victim showed up to yeah. his said i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to re we're gonna have to do it again after this so gonna, i feel like it's gonna they, they, oh yeah it is it definitely is. <laughs> yeah i anyway, appreciate you guys for fun. coming you know you already uh, know what to do make sure you cop that holy all right guys the thank maroon's you my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, the maroon. what was your favorite part <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part was the maroon hoodie Oh yeah, shout God. out to Maroon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last stop on this train. Everyone.